0: It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Okay, so welcome to episode two of our our second series of core podcasts here. In this one, I'm going to be meeting with a familiar guest, Peter Smith, and we're going to be discussing the audit tool. Now, in this one, our focus will be on the audit information form section, specifically of the audit tool. Because the Core 2020 audit tool is such a major document and is is quite... Um, Big in a lot of ways, we decided to sort of split it into two pieces and therefore two podcasts here in the sense that uh, we're going to look at some of the administrative upfront pieces of the audit information form in this episode, and then we'll have a different conversation about the rest of the audit tool in our next episode. So if you're interested in the second part of the audit tool, you can listen in to episode three as well. This section is going to be really focused on sort of the information around what the intent behind the content in that audit information form is, and how to best successfully complete that form to efficiently move your audit through the audit process. So we're going to go through the completion of various sections, but also give you some insight into our our thought process in developing those things as well. So I'm going to introduce Peter Smith here, and then could you tell us again what your role is, Peter? Sure. Uh,
1: Peter Smith, one of the lead auditors with the CORE program, and it's uh, my, my my key role is overseeing the uh, associate auditor network who are conducting our third-party audits.
0: Okay, awesome. And my name is Maren Gamble. I am a CORE consultant with the IHSA, and my role in terms of... Uh, processing audits for certification is reviewing the internal audit submissions and doing some of the pre-assessment process that you might be involved with. So looking at the audit tool, if, if I went onto the IHSA website and I accessed the audit tool through the Core 2020 link, I'd find that there's an audit tool there that's in an Excel format you're also going to when you open that excel format you'll notice that at the bottom of that excel there's a whole bunch of sheets that have been named for the different sections of the audit tool and the audit process that we're going through the one that we want to focus on today for this podcast is one of the first ones and it says audit information form at the bottom pete can you tell us a little bit about what that is
1: sure the the audit information form is is kind of the kickoff point and it's for the audit and for the auditors, uh, as well as the IHSa reviewers, the core consultants, to to get a good sense of the organization as well as the scope of the audit that was conducted, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and one of the key things we wanted to do with Core Twenty Twenty was uh, reduce redundancy, reduce the uh, the amount of uh, superfluous forms, or mm-hmm. you know the. The old audit, yes, it was cumbersome. We had a lot of documents that went with it, uh, pre and post meeting forms, application forms, uh, audit information form. And we wanted to build this all into one form. And, and that's what we've done, right? And it, this should streamline the entire process. So there is one form. You'll, you'll see it top to bottom, fill all the fields in, and mm-hmm. it's it's going to be completed. It's it, That's all the information we're going to need.
0: Beautiful. I know uh, when I'm reviewing an internal audit, this is my first stop and I take some definite time here to review because it is so information rich in terms of telling me about scope and contact information and just making sure that you've provided everything that you need to provide. So this really gives me a sense of your firm's context and it starts to tell me about the story that's behind all of the auditing that comes into to me. So it's an important one to make sure you're communicating uh, effectively what you want us to know about you before your audit review. So let's go through sort of the sections, Pete, and talk about sort of the purpose of each section in the audit information form. It's, you know, you scroll from the top to the bottom and fill it out. And, and it, it is not the briefest of forms, but that is because it replaces uh, a lot of different separate forms previously. If we go through the first section, which is the general information, You know, this is one that uh, by being involved in pre-assessment, I I know very well uh, where we get to verify the WSIB account number and company information to make sure this is kind of like checking your identification. You know, you need a passport when you travel, you need a WSIB account number and an accurate legal name uh, attributed to it when you're going to go for a course certificate. This is because your course certificate is issued to... WSIB account uh, and and rather than any of the other sort of names or identification uh, means that you might be using. So we check that account number We use eClearance, the WSIB eClearance site, where you can pull certificates to verify the details for the account. So what I always tell clients at pre-assessment is uh, go ahead and do that. (laughs) It's available. It's public. we, We don't log in. We use the public function of it. We'll take your WSIB account number, plug it in in the account number search, and just make sure that the information that comes out of it matches the information on your form. So why not go ahead and do that before you send it in just to make sure there's no surprises for you? Um, You can get ahead of it that way. It also tells us your audit type and the timeline that you're working with. So in terms of audits that come in, we have firms coming in for certification for the first time, but we'll also have submissions coming in in the interest of maintaining certification for moving forward. Here you can tell us which of those you're sending in to us. And if it does happen to be a maintenance audit, you'll be able to let us know what your anniversary date is. So again, you're, you're telling us that important piece of your story and where you're at in your core certification process. The number of employees gets thrown into the general, uh, information section. And this one, uh, it's important because we're, we're going to use this to determine your interview ratios. So this number should really reflect the number of uh, employees under your WSIB account that you use to determine your interview ratio. So we'll use that as well and make sure it matches up when we get down into a later section. Pete, do you want to talk about the next section? Sure, sure. So the, ne-
1: the next part we're looking at is the company contacts. And this is where you're going to uh, identify who the contacts are and, and uh, they're going to sign off on the sheet as well. So th- this is a key section because these are this is who IHSa is going to communicate with uh, for core uh, on an ongoing basis. So this part of the inf- of the audit information form, though, as well replaces the old application form because we we use this information to make sure our database is accurate with the information and contact people that we have. But and if it's if there's been a change, we'll update our database to go, to to make sure it uh, accurately reflects the information provided to us because. You know, the, the, the organizations we deal with, there's turnover in the industry and uh, promotions, turnover, people move to uh, other organizations, uh, and it, we have to be made, made aware of that for each organization. So that that's where, this is where an easy way for us to get that information from you, but it replaces the old application form to, get, to remove that redundancy. Um, but we are looking for three individuals to represent the organization. There's a senior management representative that is oversees the health and safety management system. The There's a senior management representative that uh, oversees the core process. And then there is uh, the internal auditor. So the you know, we do have training requirements for people representing the organization. And the people who have to receive the training are the senior management uh, overseeing the core process. They've got to take uh, core essentials. And then you've got the internal auditor and they've got to take that core essentials plus the other three training programs to, to become recognized as an I just say internal auditor. So the, the idea behind this is you've got the, the owner of the health and safety management system, right? This is the person who's going to sign policy statements. This is the person who's uh, the, the top person in the organization. But they're, they're going to be the ones are signing policy statements. And this is really the management system is there to support their vision and how they want health and safety to, health and safety to be managed within the organization. Then you've got a senior manager who oversees the core process, right? You go through the Core 2020 program guidelines, and there's a there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of things that need to be managed. You've got to manage your timelines. You've got to manage when you're submitting internal maintenance audits. Uh, you know, we want a top person, a decision maker, a senior management representative being that person to make sure that that happens on an annual basis. Uh, lastly, you've got the internal auditor, key person. This is the one who's doing your internal audits on an annual basis. So they've got to have a good idea about the organization, have the training requirements. But they have to have that, uh, should have a comfortable relationship with senior management because this is who they're bringing their recommendations to following uh, any audit they conduct with uh, any internal audit that they conduct.
0: Thanks, Pete. I, I'm actually noticing, too, that we, we have a requirement in this particular audit submission for the organization to provide an organizational chart. How, how does that play into this?
1: Good question. So this is how we we uh, look at the senior management. This is uh, one of the ways that we will uh, uh, look at that organization or get a good picture of that organization for ourselves. And it helps us to determine if they've selected the correct individuals as those uh, senior management people. The Core 2020 audit tool does have a definition for senior manager. And it's uh, it's a person that oversees the... Uh, oversees and directs the day-to-day going is on in the organization so it truly is that decision maker and we, we when we're looking at those organizational charts we really start the top down right if it's not the president ceo or whatever title you have for the individual at the top uh why not and you, th- there can be valid reasons why it's someone lower down on the uh, uh, uh the organizational chart but we're really starting from that top down because we, we want those top decision makers uh overseeing this process and overseeing the health and safety management system itself.
0: Thank you for that. and and I've seen there's there's just every firm that we deal with, every organization coming into core is unique in some way. and so I definitely know that there's clients out there who you know uh, they look at their own structure then and it doesn't necessarily line up with with what' we're, we're saying in an obvious way to them. Is there an additional resource that they can use if, if they don't know how to determine these people?
1: So this is where I'd suggest they actually reach out to us. Okay. Contacts at core.hsa.ca. And most likely something like this gets put forward to one of the lead auditors. Perfect. And, you know, we'll gladly work with the organization and, uh, you know, help them determine who this individual should be. Because it's, we rather kick off the relationship on a right step. And before you get uh, too far down the rabbit hole, let, let's uh, help you determine who this is. And it, it'll make the whole process smoother from that point.
0: And so our clients, I've heard them say before, they know how busy we are. So maybe they're hesitant to reach out. Would you like to say anything to that?
1: I'm busy, but I'm not too busy for that, right? There's always something to do in core, but uh, part of the always something to do in core is helping clients and uh, making sure that they're getting off on the right foot. You know, we're really looking for organizations to be successful. And for all those steps that it takes up front, it's, this is an investment in our time. If I can invest that time and work with an organization to kick this off properly so they can be successful, I, I think that's the best step forward. Because we, we do want every organization who is uh, getting involved in the core program to, to be successful, earn their certificate, uh, and then maintain that certificate over a year's period and uh, develop that relationship with them. And I think this is a great way to start that relationship with, with some of those uh, easy to take care of upfront answer, or questions and answers.
0: Perfect. Thank you for that, Pete, because I, I think that was a very well-stated um, answer in terms of addressing how uh, all of the staff in the core department approach this in terms of we're never too busy for those client questions and to make sure that you're comfortably moving forward. We want to make sure there's no confusion, and we want to make sure that you also feel confident when you're moving forward because as a former internal auditor myself, I know that there's there's nothing worse than feeling like you're on unsteady ground when you're starting your audit. So let's let us help you remove that. Going back to the audit information form, the next section there, you know, we've got a lot of your um, contact information. We've got your contact people. The next uh, piece of the story that the form is intended to sort of pull out of you is your WSIB information to tell us what you do from the official WSIB classifications uh, and codes. This box, when you look at it, there's a little box there, and the top cell of that box is actually a drop-down box. So in this podcast, I'm not going to talk to you too much about how to use an Excel, but this is an important piece because if you don't notice that when you have over that top cell there, the little triangle in the right-hand side, uh, when you click it, it gives you options. It makes this section different. Uh, Challenging to fill out because you're lacking the context. So when you click on that drop-down, it's going to give you a selection of sort of pre-populated. Uh classification categories that you can choose from. So you go in there and you choose the one that's appropriate for you. Construction, transportation, whatever it is that's appropriate to you, you select it. And when you select that, it's going to pre-populate a whole bunch of the rest of that little section on WSIB information, and then it should make a ton more sense because you'll have things that are meaningful to your organization to to work through. Um, in that section as well, there is an opportunity to provide additional notes Uh, to to clarify anything, this is where you can give us feedback about something that is unique about your organization, how it's structured, uh, things we need to know, things that you think might be sort of different than the average presentation that you hear. The next thing I see on this though is the big section, which can be a little overwhelming, I would guess, when you first see it, because it's a big chart that you're filling out. And so I'm gonna throw this over to Pete because this chart is actually the same chart that our external auditors are essentially working with when they're planning your audit at external audit. So it's nice that you get to use that one at your internal.
1: Yeah, for sure. And when we created that audit, the audit information form, that was one of the things we said to ourselves we had uh, in the past this was covered by our pre and post audit forms and it was uh, it was cumbersome and it didn't get it didn't clearly describe the, the, the picture as it could. And we had this form that was quite working quite successfully with the associate auditors and we decided to take that part and build it into the audit information form. Uh, it is a big chart for sure. Um, but you only need to use the sections that you're that, that are relevant to your organization, right? So they're different sizes of companies and uh, we wanted to make sure there was enough space for them to fill in uh, all of their active workplaces. But, you know, it, it, that doesn't reflect the, the whole industry. If you've only got a couple of active workplaces, you're just going to uh, fill out that section. So. You know, when we talk about the active workplaces, this is your kind of all your company facilities, right? Office, shop, yard. If you've got a warehouse, uh, on top of your your transient projects, your 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 projects that do have a start and an end date, or even um, even if you're a maintenance organization, you have maintenance contracts. uh, You're going to want to include them in an audit. Uh, the the service crews heading out to perform maintenance so you're you're going to have a listing of those as well and so it's not necessarily a location in that case but you might want to mark down the uh, maintenance personnel or maintenance crews and then that's a way we can uh, work through that and you know whether you're an HVAC organization that has maintenance company uh, or a maintenance division or a roofing organization that has a maintenance division this is all pertinent and it's it's key to to, um, get a representative audit. So you're going to have this full list of all your work locations, your active work locations, uh, and this is where we apply that observation ratio that you'll find in our uh, uh, our, audit info, our audit guidelines, our handbook. So this is where we apply that just to make sure that you're seeing a uh, uh, a good cross section of representative work across the uh, the organization. You're going to mark down a yes and a no next to each uh, each one of the workplaces. So we're just going to see yes, you have all these this full list of workplaces. But you've visited enough to meet our uh, requirements under that site visit ratio. Um, you're also gonna tell us how many employees are generally working at that uh, location. You know, I, I, I get it for the transient sites, those projects. Sometimes there's some variance there, but uh, you know, there should be an average number that you're capturing. But this is where you're also gonna list uh, which one of them are managers supervisors and which one of them are considered workers. And th- this helps to determine the interview ratios as well. So it's kind of, it is a big chart. But we kind of got that one-stop shop that covers uh, all your active workplaces, what's going to be observed, who's going to be interviewed, uh, Where you're, and where the interviews are going to be conducted. Uh, a lot of good information there.
0: When I look at that chart, Pete, I, I tend to go left to right, right? There's a whole bunch of columns. Just start at the left, treat it as one question at a time, and answer it, then go down a row. Go left to right again.
1: <laughs> it per- you know what? Great observation, for sure. And mm-hmm. it, it, it is that simple. Right? So just uh, just be methodical with it, left to right, top to bottom, and uh, you'll, you'll be fine.
0: And when you're confused, because everybody, again, is different, and, and uh, again, I, I've been there, I get it, in terms of uh, it's confusing when you try to apply it to your own situation, feel free again to reach out to our team, and we'll be happy to talk you through it.
1: For sure. This is a regular question I get from organizations is, what should our audit scope be? Yeah. And, you know, particularly for that first time company, they, they haven't done this before. And, you know, it might have been a while since they took the training and they uh, where the charts are or how do we make sure it's representative. You know, we're always available for those questions. And I, I get those questions a few times a week. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's uh, reach out to CoraDiToSay.ca and uh, the, those types of questions will typically be rooted to one of the lead auditors. But th- th- there are people available to help you with that.
0: For sure. Thanks, Pete. One thing I've noticed too that I use uh, at the pre-assessment stage is the fact that the chart itself will do an automatic sum of the number of people in each location at the bottom of the chart. So it's a handy comparison when you sort of look at the number of people, the number of people you've identified uh, between all your locations, and does it line up with that number of people you reported at the top of the uh, audit information form? There is some issue with again, as as Peter mentioned, you know people are going to be moving around and you're pinpointing averages, but you know if there's if there's a massive discrepancy between those two numbers, that might be an indication that you know a location has been left out or or some um, facet of your your scope may not have been considered so it's something to to look at there, and as Pete mentioned, um, those sort of numbers of people that you expect to be at each location are going to be used in terms of your interview sampling as well. So that's actually the last section at the right hand side of the uh, chart that you're filling out is identifying how many of those people that are present are actually going to be interviewed. And again the total is going to appear at the bottom and you want to make sure that that total for management matches what's in the uh, ratio table that you'll find in the guidelines and handbook. And that the total for workers matches what's in the guideline and handbook. Management and workers and the definition of those is another thing we do get a lot of questions about. So it's another thing that if if you have questions about it, core at ihsa.ca, and you can be routed to the right person to help you sort that out. There are lots of different scenarios that have to be looked at, and, and that is okay. And that's normal in terms of an audit if it doesn't make immediate sense. So... The next section there is the section of attestation. Uh, Basically, we're looking for you to indicate that the specific statements are true by checking the box and then having each of the three people that Peter described for the contacts at the top of the page sign to acknowledge that they believe that to be true by checking the box. That's there for our attestation statement, as well as for our code of ethics. And so that is an important one to make sure that you get that box checked and that you have those signatures in place because we are looking for that personal acknowledgement represented on the form.
1: Sure, good point. This is, uh, you know, it's key for us to make sure that, uh, uh, to have these triggers for organizations to go back and read through the guidelines, read through the uh, ethics statement. And I know we have that within the audit information form. But there are references in there back to the uh, rules and responsibilities you'll find in the guidelines. So Mm -hmm. if you're that senior management overseeing the health and safety management system or senior management overseeing core, uh, you want to be very clear on what your rules and responsibilities are. So it's a, you know, and it's uh, kind of a trigger for the organizations or individuals to go back and read that. But uh, for us, it's an acknowledgement that those have been understood and they're being met.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Below that, we get we're starting to get to the bottom of the form, which which I don't know. I, when I start to get to the bottom of the form, I start to feel like the you know the light at the end of the tunnel, like we're getting to the end, and there's this this sigh of relief that's that's starting to come out. Um, this is where the audit submission checklist appears. Pete, do you want to talk us through what that is? Sure.
1: And, and with that Bill, I think we need some triumphant music to go around. Right? that. Right, like with some it.
0: trumpets. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
1: So the audit submission, we've tried to make this as streamlined as possible, and just this ends with a checklist. Mm-hmm. Have you included these items with the audit submission? And uh, so there are uh, mandatory items there, and you want to just check off that you've included them with uh, with them, and it's a trigger to you as well, right? You're going to submit your internal internal audit, or internal maintenance audit, and you you want to make sure that you've included all of those items, right? Double check triple check because it's going to smooth out that process on the uh, back end once these things are being reviewed because you know as uh when we first receive them we take a look at that submission to make sure all those items are there and it it can be a stop right it's something that we will reach out to that organization and say hey uh we're missing this item can you make sure you have that for us
0: yeah that's the uh the pre-assessment process that i was mentioning yeah
1: um so again if anything is blank there there'll be a red x at the bottom left of the page so you want to make sure that you're going through this checking off the boxes that uh that you have each one of these mandatory items included there um and before you submit you're going you're to see that green check mark and it, it basically you've gone through and populated the entire form and all the required sections of it so there there is a save button and this will record the date when you click it and save the form
0: beautiful uh, so any of those problems, uh, any problems with this form in terms of how we've gone through it and the completion of it, it's all going to be reviewed at that pre-assessment step that that Pete mentioned. And so in order to make sure that your submission sort of moves smoothly through that review and, and pre-assessment process, it is important to make sure that this form is filled out sort of fully, completely. Um, understanding the intent behind it, and making sure that that green check mark is in that box to to show us that it is correct. So, um, I really appreciate Pete going through this topic. You know, digging into a form can be a bit challenging, but I, I think it was important in this case going through in detail. And I do look forward to talking to you uh, in part two of this conversation of the tool, which will be in episode three when we bring in David Steinshifter as well to discuss some of the other uh, more audit focused pieces of the tool. But once again, Pete, do you have you know a few words or a quick sentence to highlight for what's critical on this form?
1: You know what, if you're going through this and you've, you've come across a stumbling point, just reach out to us at cord, I just say, .ca. and That's it's, a good one. Yeah, it's you know what's key. We want to make sure that we're we're there helping you. We want to make sure we're giving accurate information to the industry, all the organizations working their way through this. You know, it's not like the fire department. You know, you, you you're not going to get an instant uh, return of that, <laughs> uh, that email within a couple hours or within the next few minutes. But once you make contact with somebody, you have a contact person within the mm-hmm. core department. And then that's someone you can quickly reach out to afterwards, whether they're phone or email, and it's uh, it's a lot smoother. But you want to reach out and make that initial contact because, you know, if you're if you have questions at the audit information form, you're going to have questions as you go through the audit tool, right? It's an in depth thing, and it's we we do want to provide that accurate information. So, uh keep that in your back pocket. Feel free to reach out anytime.
0: Thank you so much, Pete. IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to IHSASafetyPodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.